Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Locke is going to jump on the show at 5. We'll get Locke's thoughts on uh, the Jazz offseason thus far and uh, what uh, he thinks they do going forward. Always good to talk with David. Is it? (laughs) It is always good to talk to David. Where was he when he came on last week? He was in Hawaii or something, wasn't he? I don't know where. That was, was that the week Gordon was out? Uh, yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Last week he was on vacation and did not join you. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the last time he was on, he was he was in Maui. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll talk to David coming up. I'm sure he, has he made sure of to thoughts. say that like six times. Uh, he did, yeah. and he sent me a picture. So thanks. He made sure to say that he was on Maui. On Maui. You know what uh, Charles Lindbergh said about uh, Maui, right? When he was diagnosed uh, and was uh, dying. And they told him that if he went to New York, he could get treatment and he would extend his life by a number of months or something. And he said, I'd rather spend, you know, three months in on Maui than uh, a full year in New York City. He wasn't on the uh, the leper colony island? Not that I know of, no. Was Is that still a thing? No. Where one of the islands down there is a leper colony? At one time it was, but not anymore. Well, maybe I could afford to go there. Yeah, see there, there's your never been to Hawaii. Hawaii vacation destination, Austin. Hey, you can't can't afford the hotel on Maui, but the leper colony. <laughs> What's the leper colony island called? Uh, Shingles Island. Island. It was Molokai, wasn't it? Molokai. Molokai. Check it out, Austin. Sounds like a great idea. It's not. It's not that anymore. I don't believe. I've never been on that island. They have an airport, or you have to row out there. <laughs> I think they have air service. Uh, you know, you don't have to make a row for it. <laughs> you can <laughs> rent an inner tube. I get on one of those canoes and just the outrigger. <laughs> Boy, that'd be frightening, wouldn't it? What I mean, the- that would be frightening. Can you imagine being on Oahu and paddling to Kauai? What is that? 70 miles? How far is that? I don't know. Yeah, but the leper colony is right off of Maui. I mean, you can see it. I hope the wind doesn't pick up. Imagine the the resort's like, all right, first of all, you fly into into Maui, take a cab to the beach. There you're going to see a rowboat. We put some bottled water on there for you. (laughs) But hopefully you got a restful flight because it's going to be some work. No? All right. Bring a power bar. What's going on? 
Let's uh, check in with DJ and PK. We're talking a little college football preseason coaches poll. Let's hear what they had to say. Coaches poll has Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State as the top four teams. How boring and predictable at the highest level has college football become? The answer is, oh, very. So let's jump forward to the next question then, PK. What breaks up the logjam? Because nothing lasts forever. Ooh, I don't know about that. In sports, nobody wins forever. Ten, Teams win a lot. 10, 15 years is forever. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> but Alabama's at I mean, 12. I mean, so the literal definition of forever, no. But they do win for a long time. And here's the thing I would tell you is that it, it'll seem like they win forever because you're right. They do win for Ohio 10 State's or 15 years. Forever. Right. And what I would normally tell you is that will change when there's a coaching change. But know. Ohio State and Oklahoma have already had coaching changes, and they've kept rolling. Now, Bama and Clemson haven't. Maybe they can pull it off. Coaching changes have sunk Alabama in the past. We'll see if it happens or if this is a new era. Because here's the problem. As boring as this is, if coaching changes don't change the balance of power, then this is like a a new level in college football. I mean, we've I, seen, I think we're here at a new level. Yeah. yeah, we've seen some schools hit on back-to-back coaches in the history of the sport. USC and Oklahoma have, but we have never seen a group of teams that were on the top all hit on back-to-back coaches. That's well, really going to lock things in. But and we, then instead of ten or fifteen, you could be talking about twenty or thirty. Well, that's 30. what we're going to have. That's going to suck. Because there's never been a 14 playoff until now. So these te- these kids want to play in that playoff. So go to the schools that are in the playoff. It's not hard to figure out. So comparing history is irrelevant. Because, because you, there's you, a new set of rules. Yeah. It's new guidelines. Yeah. And it used to be you can go, and then if you got voted in uh, by the Associated Press, there it was. Now you have this little committee that votes you in, and they just focus on these schools, probably deservedly so, and and they just look at, well, who had so many kids drafted last year. It's just like, if you're recruited by Alabama, you're minimum four-star, even if you're not. I'm not going to be the one to not, wait a second, Nick Saban wants this kid? Yeah. I'm not going to stick my neck out and be the one who votes for, uh, he's a three-star, so, I mean, of course you're going to be a four-star just because they're recruiting you, and that's the way it works. So everything has changed so dramatically. Maybe it changes when we go to 12, and there might be some other schools. Maybe SC can start keeping some big-time studs that literally go to Clemson or Alabama to play quarterback, which is what they're going to have this year. Maybe they can keep them home. Yeah, but that, it's going to be hard for SC to continue to get into the playoff every year. So the way it's set up now, I don't see it changing. And it really hasn't changed in Ohio State in forever. I mean, when they had the, you know, the tattoo thing and they, they, they struggled for a year or what have you. Okay, fine. You're not going to do it every single year, but virtually every single year. And the way they're going, and maybe with Oklahoma, it'll be interesting to see now as they go in the SEC. But as it stands now, that's still four or five years away. 
I, I don't think it'll extend that far out, and everything's negotiable, as you say, and I agree with you. But maybe that's a little bit of a difference there. I don't know that it'll be a difference. Maybe they just continue to win at the same level, and maybe you don't, at that they, point you can lose two games and still get in. Right, and I think they win at a pretty high level. It's not hard to figure out how they're going to split up the East and West divisions. I don't know. Is Texas A&M going to scare them? Maybe LSU? Uh, on a given they, year, got Texas, yes. Arkansas, Missouri. I mean, they're cut above all those schools. Who's going to – the Mississippi schools? I mean, the West Division, the SEC East is going to be harder. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. If Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and Florida are all going to end up in the same division. Yeah, but even Florida's fallen off the mark a sure. little bit. I mean, they don't have Urban. But if you look at the five teams that have historically dominated the SEC, four of them are going to be in the East, and LSU is going to be in the West. So – Oklahoma's path is maybe not easy, but well, it's not if Texas that hard. ever gets back to what they were, then that would be a little other difficult. But sure, they I mean they are, they know that, and they're just going to amp it up. They're going to make more money, so they're going to invest more. So now each coach on a recruiting trip is going to have a private plane. There you go, DJ and PK. What's going on here on uh, the Big Show, Gordon? Your thoughts? Okay, so let me ask you a question based on what their their discussion there. Love listening to DJ and PK. By the way. If you're running an athletic department, which would you prefer as far as dividing up the conference into whatever? Would you rather play teams, schools that are geographically near you, or would you rather load it up so that based on what's going on right now in the present, who is uh, who are the better teams and who are the lesser teams? Because that's a moving target sometimes. Not always, but... Okay, so does it have to be either or? Because honestly, I I would think... Well, let me put it this way. For example, if the Pac-12 added uh, some Big 12 schools, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they did, it would be the worst thing possible for Utah because then they'd be stuck playing Colorado and Iowa State and Oklahoma State as opposed to going to Los Angeles every year. I think what schools want... for recruiting purposes. Yeah, schools want to play where they recruit. No, Texas ain't bad, and maybe they play in Baylor or whatever, but I think that... I think the University of Utah probably enjoys playing in Los Angeles once a year. They probably enjoy playing in the Bay Area a bunch, even though that's a different division, obviously. But I, I guess if I had my ideal schedule, yes, it would be playing, you know, name brand programs that you could sell to recruits too. Like, hey, we play, you know, these these big schools every single year. But I think where you play makes a difference. DJ was just talking about how LSU would be with lesser teams and and uh, Alabama would be with stronger teams and whether that would make a competitive difference or not. The problem with that is what's true right now might not be true five, ten years Great from point. Now. Great point. And I don't know. Maybe the conference won't even be the same by then, so maybe all you got to do is think about the here and now. The, close, the closeness of the geography means less now than it ever has. Not saying it, it has no meaning, but it certainly has less meaning now. Okay, so if, if we were going to list what's most important when it comes to being grouped with a certain number of teams. From, obviously, whose, per, from whose perspective? From, from a school's perspective. Okay. Um, right now, obviously, the Utes are lumped in with USC and Arizona schools and uh, Colorado and, uh, you know, that, that ain't bad. I think they're right where they want to be, to be honest. I, I would be surprised if Utah would change a thing. 
UCLA mixed in there. So, I mean, yeah, there's some fine. So if you're going to list what's most important in the grouping for the welfare of an individual school, what, recruiting number one? Recruiting number one. Playing in front of recruits and recruits' families. Uh, we we uh, we talked earlier um, to D'Angelo about this, who's from San Diego, and yeah. he was excited to play in uh, in um, Las Vegas because all his friends and family were going to be able to come to the game. Although he did wish that BYU would move their campus to uh, San Diego. Well, who doesn't? Uh, D'Angelo <laughs> Mandel joined us in the two o'clock hour, and he was great, by the way. He was. Uh, check that out in in podcast form. So recruiting number one. What's number two? Desirable locations? Yeah, but I don't know how important even that is. I mean, I suppose if you're looking at it from the school standpoint, geography would matter in like a travel budget sense. But how about mean, marquee names? Well, you want from a conference standpoint, you probably want the marquee names balanced somewhat in, in your divisions. Right. So each division has you know, equal amount of marquee names. But as you pointed out, that, that that can change too. I mean, what do you consider Utah? Are they a marquee name? They're a tough, they're a tough cookie when it comes to playing football. But that's not a marquee name per no, se. Know, that can I come know. along with it. But, yeah. I mean, certainly when Utah joined the Pac-12, you would not have even included them in a discussion for a marquee name in the league. Now maybe there's an argument to be made. I don't, I don't know if I'd put them as a marquee university quite yet. But, I mean, to your point, things change. So... Um, I'm sure that uh, the California schools, Stanford and Cal, were grumpy about being separated from the SoCal schools. Yes, I imagine so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Boy, wouldn't that be interesting to hear the conversation back and forth? Well, don't put us with them. Well, I I bet you they end up ditching the division thing. I like the division thing because it's a race within the race, and I find that kind of a, just another compelling storyline so to think talk about. Just go to a conference. I think it'll just go to. Yeah, we'll lay it out, and we'll we'll try and include some natural rivalries, and then we'll just. What the SEC is talking about going to pods? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. Saw that with the old whack. Well, it's almost like what's the point in having a giant league? And maybe that's the whole thing. The SEC is turning into a blob. You know, where if you have Cause, twenty cause, teams, are you really greedy. in the same league? They want everybody together, yeah. and they want to control that. So if you're. If you're, uh, I don't know, Florida, and you're only playing Texas A&M once every five years, are you really in the same league? Uh, well, as far as the division of money goes, you are. <laughs> but at that point, you should just let the SEC take over everything, and uh, which well, is probably they what they're trying to do. <laughs> Today, uh, the Southeast, tomorrow, the world. Because it's no longer really a conference. It's several sub-conferences within a conference. It's heading in that direction. Because I remember how unwieldy the old whack was with those 16 teams. I think they should I mean, get rid of the divisions if they want to make it so they put the best product out on the field. But like I said, me personally, I like the division thing. If I were the players, not that anybody ever listens to them. But if you're an athlete, wouldn't you like to go to the more desirable spots? Well, in this case, with the current Pac-12, you do. Because, I mean, even if you miss Oregon for a couple of years, in theory, they'd be back on the on the schedule before you graduated. Because they're at 12. Right. Not if they go to 14 or to 16. It gets... Which I think would be dumb for the Pac-12 at this point. It all comes down to dollars, Jake. 
uh, whatever they can do to uh, increase the value. See, I disagree. At this point, I think the Pac-12 should be all about survival. <laughs> and that, that includes dollars. I'm not, of I'm, course not it does. I'm not disagreeing with your point. That's but, the bottom line. But I would be doing whatever I could to, to box the Big Ten out. Because like we've talked about before, I think that's a big threat when it comes to the Pac-12. Because you think the Big Ten is going to come gobble up a couple marquee schools. If the Big Ten is going to keep up with the Joneses, where are they going to go? They're not taking Iowa State. Well, they've already taken teams from... <laughs> Nebraska, right, yeah. from the Big 12. Um, yeah, I, I, the Big Ten... The Big Ten is right there with the SEC as far as overall monetary health. Well, maybe not anymore after all this. That's why you got to be worried about it. What are they going to do next? <laughs> if you were SC, would you go to the Big 10? I don't know. I don't I you, you're more familiar with that part of the country obviously than me. I don't, what do they value at SC? Texas obviously uh, has very little loyalty to anybody but Texas and was just going for their increased prestige and bottom line. Is that USC? Uh, well, <laughs> that describes a whole lot of organizations these days. And I keep hearing over and over again, when you talk about the glorification of college sports and whatnot, I keep hearing uh, administrators say, well, we're going to do what's good for us. And by us, this particular school. How snobby they, is... They, they don't care. I mean, it, it, I'm not going to lump everybody into that, but it seems like a lot of organizations, schools, do not care about anybody but themselves. Well, there are some snobby schools in the Pac-12 that don't want to be associated with lesser academic universities. Does USC that? Yeah, I'd like to see what their what opinion would be if uh, if somebody was waving, if you, like Michigan said, you know, we'd like to come play with you guys. Although Michigan's a great, a great uh, academic school, but I wonder if, if uh, most of my examples are pretty bad because Notre Dame's a great academic institution, and then you got the religion thing there as well. But if Notre Dame came knocking, I think those those presidents would grab a hold of them however they could. And I think the same would have been true. Name me a school that isn't really known for great academics but plays great football. Boise State. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's do a little better than that. I don't know. Nebraska? How good a school is Nebraska? I'm not would, sure. Would the Pac-12 jump aboard Nebraska coming over? No. I, I just think that if the decision was to be made between buckets of money and buckets of diplomas, uh, I think they would uh, the money talks. Yeah, I don't know. They've they've got the snob line out now, so you think they'd break that line for us? I do, I do. Well, then that's bad news for the future of the Pac-12. You want them to be snobby if you want the conference to stay standing. Or, you know, I mean, do you believe what you're hearing out of the Pac-12 that uh, some of the school presidents have said that they're happy with what they got and they don't really care or worry about this other stuff? They worried about it when Larry Scott was goofing things up. Hmm. I mean, I, I know because I've, I have uh, I have it on very good authority that there are numerous school presidents who are very angry with the way things were being run in the Pac-12. Well, more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
Joe Ingles joining us. You told us you wanted a medal. So I'm curious, in the middle of that game, knowing how bad you wanted it, was it just another basketball game or was it a different deal because you knew what was at stake every minute of the game? It was probably the most different feeling I've had in a basketball game, if that makes any kind of sense. All-time playing for a medal, whether that be the semifinal or a third, fourth game, we were 0-11. We built this thing for 12 years. Obviously, the goal was to win a gold medal. And once we lost the semifinal to the U.S., I think what we've struggled with in the past is the mental part between losing that game and in 36 hours having to back it up to still play off for a medal. And the guys that have been there those last few campaigns, there was just no way we were going to lose. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's your Cougar update at 30. Always interesting to get a scouting report from the other side of the ball. Here's wide receiver Neil Pau talking about which cornerback has impressed him the most. I think uh, D'Angelo Mandel. I think he's. Uh, he had a nice grab today, right? Yeah, he did. He did have a nice grab today, and I think he's just he's looked the best. It's hard to go against him because he's so patient and stuff. But uh, just from my perspective, I think he's done the best. Quick plug: D'Angelo Mandel was on the big show at the top of the two o'clock hour. We let off the show. It was a great conversation. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. This update brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night? Are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com. Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned, not sports port at 450. David Locke at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Gordon, uh, the University of Washington, maybe this is a stale topic that isn't all that controversial anymore, but I'm, I'm curious to your opinion. The University of Washington announced today that they will uh, sell beer and wine uh, throughout Husky Stadium at football games this year. There are now only three, I believe, uh, schools that do not allow alcohol sales at their uh, football venues, Washington State, Stanford, and Utah. Uh, USC actually decided to do the same thing earlier uh, uh, this uh, offseason, I guess. And uh, what do you think about that? We had Mark Harlan on. You asked him a little bit about revenue. You were kind of referring to uh, the pandemic. But, uh, of course, revenue uh, important when it comes to an athletic program. Do you, do you, have you had an opinion on that? Alcohol sales at uh, Rice-Eccles, should they bring that in? Well, this is a tricky one for me, Jake, because I don't drink alcohol. But... I guess my question would be, two questions actually, is it legal? It's legal, right? 
Well, I don't. I don't know. That's is a tricky it, one because in the state of Utah, I believe that that there has to like first of all, sales at a school. I think is probably a ticklish issue here in Utah. But I believe there is some sort of uh, statute that says alcohol has to be X amount of distance away from any public campus. Okay. Well, then that's problematic here. But if in other places, and it sounds like the vast majority of places in the Pac-12, they are saying, okay, this is something our customers want. And it's legal. And so let's do it. You know, that seems to be the thinking. Am I looking past something? And, and as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not a lawmaker. But if I was in a place where it was legal to do, I, I guess I don't see the big problem there. What are they afraid of? I bet if Utah wanted to, they could find a way to work around the law. So let's let's put a, let's put a, a, the law aside for a second. Yeah, they'd have to lobby and get some things changed. Blah blah blah. Magically, let's say that they do it. I I look. This goes on at sports arenas all around the country, right? I why the prohibition at uh, a single school or two, uh, as far as that goes. I mean, BYU has their own thing. It's private school. Yeah, that's never changing. That's fine. But as far as other schools go, I I don't have a problem with it because, again, I've been to so many sporting events all from coast to coast, and that is usually the case where alcohol is sold, um, including in, in the Vivint Arena right here. So what's the big deal about a, a, a college football game? Well, USC, um, they brought it back, but they had initially uh, outlawed alcohol sales. I think it was 17 years ago when they thought when they said they wanted to cut down on fan misbehavior. Ah, okay. And so I, I would guess that that's the major concern. But I, I, I'm way on board with you on this one. That's why I was curious to to get your thoughts, even actually as somebody who does not imbibe, yeah. to to get your opinion on it. Um, I think it. We have remarkably few incidents, giving, uh, given how much alcohol is sold at professional sporting events. I'm, I'm surprised that there are more issues. But I, I agree with you. I, if, if you can get a, a, a nice revenue stream, which it is. I mean, we call our guy, uh, what, uh, Jamie Galileo, who is one of the, the, the guys who runs the arena here, and talk to them about uh, the, what alcohol sales adds to the bottom line. But I bet it's significant. Uh, but I actually, you know, people are worried about fan behavior. I think... You know, Gordon, you've been around uh, the University of Tailgate, University of Utah Tailgate a time oh, yeah, or two. There's some imbibing going on. I actually think it would cut down on the binge drinking, which yeah. not everybody occur, uh, agrees with me. But I've seen so many incidents at tailgates in general. I don't mean to just pick on Utah here because it's it's not just them, certainly, but of people who really overdo it in the tailgate. And then there's also <clears> because they know they're not stuff gonna, into the stadium, right? They know it. they're not going to be able to get a beer in the stadium, so right. it's like, okay, well, I'll drink 15 out here because right. I know for the next four hours, I'm not going to be able to have a beer, and that leads to you know some dangerous behavior. But I have a feeling this kind of thing is one of those deals where you can lean this based on some study or another, one way or the other. <laughs> and if you want to, if you want to uh, to uh, encourage it, then you can say, "Why not do it?" Uh, the fan behavior really won't change that much. Or if you're against it, you can cite some report somewhere that will say it will increase 
problems at the stadium. And uh, so, so, uh, but as far as I'm concerned, in my experience, I haven't had, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of problem uh, with alcohol being served up at sports arenas. Uh, there are times when it happens, but I mean, on the whole, I think most people want to watch the game and they uh, want to keep themselves in shape to do so. Well, <clears throat> I'm at every single home jazz game pretty much. And uh, what, would we see one fight a year maybe? Maybe a couple. And look, it's, it's, if, but, if you do that, you're going to get thrown out and you might get banned. And and the thing is, I you know, it's kind of a tradition in baseball, the obvious one where they stop sell, selling beer after the seventh inning stretch. I believe, don't quote me on Vivid Arena because I never buy beer here, but I think it's after the third quarter. They cut it, it off, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you do responsible things like that, where you give people time to to uh, you you know get it together before they drive and things like that. You know, I, it's not saying that you you have to throw an animal house like party in your venue for every single game. I mean, of course there are ways to handle it responsibly, but you know, I I think if Utah is looking to you know find different ways to keep up financially with the rest of the league, mm-hmm. I think it's something they should consider. If okay, so if if you were uh, if you were trying to campaign for this kind of thing at a school, uh, is there a way to control it that's responsible somehow? Like selling some sort of wristband or something that would... Uh, oh, a lot of that is just theater. I, th- I it- think what we mentioned before, like the... the um, well, I shouldn't say the wristbands are just theater. Hang on, I'll get back to that in a second. The responsibility of, of selling it up to a certain point and, and things like that, I think, are the, the best way that you can help prevent catastrophe, which you cannot entirely, and if you think you can, right. you're lying to yourself. The, where the rest, wristbands come in is preventing underage drinking, which I do think is something that they, they should think about, where you need to show the ID to get the wristband in order to buy right. the beer. Underage um, drinking, man. Do what right. you can to limit I, So that, I, I, sure. I apologize. I shouldn't say that the wristband thing is, is theater because it's not because they're trying to combat underage drinking, which I certainly get. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you're talking about Utah in particular, I mean, you could make more incentives to to run tracks, trains, things like that, you know, and, and I know they do a lot of that already, but, uh, but really you know, find efforts to make ways that people don't drive to the stadium in the first place. I mean, stuff like that, I think, is, is the way you'd go to – to try and responsibly do it. But I, you know, I've said this at some point, you got to let adults be adults and make decisions for themselves. My point is, is I think that not selling alcohol in the stadium isn't really cutting down on that risk whatsoever. It's just moving it around around, different ways. It's just not assessing the risk yourself, which I understand would be a touchy issue for a university. But well, if, if fans are packing stuff in or getting drunk at the tailgate before they get into the stadium, then all you're doing is you're not solving the problem at all and you're not benefiting from the profits. Boom. Yeah. You're saying we don't want the profits, but we're not going to take any of the responsibility as well. We're just going to turn our back. Right. And I don't I honestly don't know how they got they get around the laws to have the alcohol that they do in that tailgate. Maybe I shouldn't bring that up, so we shouldn't call attention to it, but I don't know how they get around the law. I'll tell you this, I worked at a hotel uh, downtown here that was close to a park. And the hotel would be used for conference stuff and had conference rooms and all that sort of thing. The hotel could not sell alcohol even in the conferences because they were adjacent to a public park. So I don't know how you can go across the street from a university. I know that the tailgate started at the VA lot because Mm -hmm. it was not 
university property, and so they could get away with the alcohol consumption. I don't know what they do now to, see, to justify what are, we, what are we doing here? But, yeah, Why, it I seems mean, like this, we're, it's yeah, stupid. This, it's yeah. game playing, right. you know? Why not benefit from it? Why right. not just sell it? I mean, in the name of some sort of uh, somebody's idea of righteousness, and, again, I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. But I, uh, you, you used a good word there, uh, adult. And uh, like I said, I've just seen I've seen good fans enjoy a beer at a game. If that's the way they roll, why not let them roll that way? All right, it is a Wednesday. Well, I got one other question. Yeah, if I if I if, if let's say someone's drunk, will they let them into a game? Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure it happens all the time. Uh, yeah, they yeah. probably don't have to. I mean, someone. Is I don't know where the line is. Yeah, but I've seen some pretty inebriated people make their way through turnstiles. Well, one thing that we certainly want to prevent, and that is, you know, Max's mom getting beer poured on her. You want to prevent that? Well, that happened, even though there was an embargo. Did it really happen? I don't know. That's that was the joke, Jake. Well, if Max said it happened, I don't know why you'd sneak a good beer into a game just to empty it out on the, you know, anywhere but in your mouth. But yeah, that was the joke, Jake. I just let it let it rest. A lot of Utah fans think that that didn't really happen. That was just Max talking. There, did I let that rest long enough? Can we get to one ticket Wednesday now? Please do. All right. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Wednesday. Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Speaking of beer, Dirks Bentley brings his Beers on Me tour to Salt Lake City for one night of hit after hit of country music. Caller 12 right now. You're going to get two tickets. Go see Dirks Bentley this Friday, August 13th at USANA Amphitheater. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts, 855-340-ZONE. And you're going to see the show. Not Sports Report next. Lock at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, the big show here for our friends at Trajan Wealth. That's T-R-A-J-A-N Wealth. You can check them out at TrajanWealth.com. Gordon, we were talking uh, a little bit earlier on in the show about hiring a good agent and and some stories that uh, we've seen in sports. Well, how many stories? I mean, you can check out that uh, the documentary ESPN did broke. How many, uh, you know, anecdotes have you heard in your career about uh, sports figures that had a tough time financially because they didn't surround 
surround themselves with the correct people and people that did not necessarily have to have their best interest at heart. It's so very important when it comes to financial matters to find people you trust. I've heard, amen, I've heard uh, horror stories. And conversely, I've heard wonderful stories where people did get properly invested with responsible agents and those who take care of financial matters, and they end up being benefited in a huge way for their future. And I think that goes way beyond just millionaire athletes. I mean, that, that's applicable to darn near anybody's life. Now, again, you can check them out at TrajanWealth.com, or you can call them 801-899-7600. But uh, Trajan Wealth does it differently. Most brokers are paid on upfront commissions to sell you a product. Unfortunately, you may uh, never really realize what your fees are or how those fees affect your performance. This is where the trust comes in, Gordon. Trajan Wealth offers Trajan Estate, in-house attorneys offering wills, trusts, and estates all under one roof. As fiduciary advisors, your best interests always come for, uh, comes first. Long and short of it, Gordon, when you make money, they make money with Trajan Wealth. And it's important to know that stuff right up front. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I would be uh, eager, regardless of what my financial situation is, I would be eager to find the, those who I trust to take care of my money and to plan for my future. I mean, there are too many people out there who aren't planning for their future, and they're going to rue the day, Jake. Yeah, find find the, the, the trustable folks and then work with them in order to uh, provide a, uh, a financial plan that is going to work for you. And I guarantee you, once you get to be my age, you will, you will be so glad. You'll be so glad you did. It works for you, too, and you're just a youngin. You know, you make a great point, Gordon, no matter what stage you are in life, whether you're a middle-ager like me or or if you're a little bit younger, it is never too early to get your financial affairs in order, and they do so much for you. I believe the earlier the better. I really do. So here's the number to call, 801-899-7600. That's 801-899-7600. Or as I mentioned, you can go to TrajanWealth.com. That's T-R-A-J-A-N Wealth.com, TrajanWealth.com. Paid endorsement advisory services through Trajan Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Estate planning services through Trajan Estate. It's Trajan Wealth, TrajanWealth.com, or call them 801-899-7600. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Ute Camp rolls on. It's your Utes at 50 update. Will it be rising? Will it be Bentley? Rising or Bentley? Cam Rising explained his approach to the quarterback race. Uh, every day you just, you're just going in to compete and making sure that you're as good as you can for the team. That's pretty much how it is. It's, we're competing against each other for that number one spot, but it, it's all about the team at the end of the day. You never know what can take place on a, over a course of a season, so you have to be ready at any time. And, and yeah, you definitely do need two quarterbacks and just just in case but yeah we're we're competing now and so we're deciding that yeah this huge update brought to you by friends at davis vision their summer lasik sale is going on now get rid of those contacts and glasses save one thousand dollars start your road to better vision at davis vision check them out today at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080 that's davis vision
this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke coming up next. But right now, it is time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I got a couple stories today to share. The first one is, I believe it's overseas, but I'm not 100% sure. It might have been England. And the other one is from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the way? Yeah. Uh, the first one, just real quick. A guy walks into a bank to rob the bank, and he had written out, handwritten a note to hand the teller. And he hands it over, and the teller can't read it. Has no clue what it's saying. <laughs> so the uh, prospective uh, robber walked out. And left empty-handed. How did they know he was robbing the joint? Well, they later, they identified him, and later he tried it again, only this time he was much more legible, and they caught him afterward. So I thought, man, how do you like that? You know, your your fifth-grade uh, teacher or your third-grade teacher who told you to utilize good handwriting? You know, it's important in every walk of life. I suppose. All right, then there's this. Jake, have you ever thought about uh, hiring some sort of entertainment for Sadie's birthday party? We've thought about it. We haven't done it. What uh, What did you consider? Uh, what What do you think would be a good way to go with it? Yeah, that? like typical clown, musician, princesses, whatever. Which one do you think you would favor? None of the above. <laughs> you don't want to pay the money for it? I mean, kids like magicians, right? Austin, do you ever go to a birthday party with a magician or with a singer or dancer? So my, my sister owns one of those princess birthday companies, and also our very distant cousin owns a party pony company, where she, they bring a they bring a little pony to the birthday uh, party, and you get to go a lap or two on the pony. And do they bring it into the house? No. Well, you know, you got to think, you know, you want to make memorable, you want to make memories with the birthday parties, right? So this family in Oklahoma decides that uh, rather than go with your standard magician or clown or whatever, that they would make it extremely memorable. So they hired a company to uh, <laughs> to show up at the party uh, wearing a tutu and holding balloons. And uh, the the individual showed up dressed as... Bigfoot <laughs> for, a, for a bunch of six-year-olds. So Bigfoot shows up at the party, and the kids see it at the door, and they start screaming and crying and running out the back door. It, it scared the living daylights out of them. And apparently the parents who are videoing this thing, and it's gone viral, all these oh, kids. set up. Look, look at this. Look, look, look at that. Look at the picture of that one kid. I'm with Austin. Did you say that on the air? Yeah, that's yeah. a setup. Yeah, I think oh, that so. reeks. We're just trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that reeks of plants. Th- this is this is the Jimmy Kimmel thing where they take the kids' Halloween candy and then film the the reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly these what are this the, is. These are bad parents wanting to go viral. Yeah, wanting attention for themselves. I think themselves. the kids' reaction is real. Right. Oh, okay. Wow. Well. Don't you, Gordon? 
Doesn't that I, sound I like I, it? Maybe. Why were they hap- Why did they happen to be videoing? Because you, know? you video a party, you know. You have why did the they? Why did they let them in? I don't know, Jake. You know because that reminds they think me. It's going to be funny. You know that reminds me of Uncle Buck. Uh, you yeah. see that movie where the clown shows up yeah. drunk, yeah. and Uncle Buck's like, "You get back into your mouse." <laughs> And get out of here. And then punches him and the clown goes down and then comes back up with a smashed nose. (laughs) I I do like that movie. That's a good movie. Get back into your mouth (laughs) and get out of here. (laughs) The parents apparently, Jake, said that they thought that the tutu and the balloons would offset Uh, Bigfoot. No, I'm with Austin. Bad parents just trying to make their kids go viral. I don't... Why, do you, why is it the first thing that comes to your mind? All the things we just said. Why'd they let them in? Why are they filming? Because they, well, they had to let them in in order to see what was going to happen. It's the law. <laughs> Jeez, you guys. <laughs> I, I, was I, this a beef jerky commercial? I don't... It was Oklahoma. Isn't like Bigfoot, like the, isn't that like a, a state mammal or something? I know. It's the Uncle Buck scene. Oh. I'm a legend. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, David Locke joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger. Obviously a weird year last year. You play five games and you, you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player yeah. is like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly. And the thing is, is like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans and anything at the games. and. You know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff, so I'm real excited to get after it this year and have a full stadium. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.